Welcome to Life in Your Size, the new podcast from Chubster.com. I'm Bruce Sturgill, the founder of Chubster and the host of the show. What does it mean to be a plus size person in the world today? Each week, Life in Your Size will introduce you to the people, stories, and topics important to the experience of living life in a bigger body. From conversations with interesting people to stories, essays, and guides, we're taking a look at life in your size from every angle. For our first episode, we're talking with Jeff Jenkins, a travel journalist, content creator, and now the host of Never Say Never with Jeff Jenkins, which is streaming on Nat Geo and Disney+. I've known Jeff for a few years because of his website, Chubby Diaries, which we talk about in the episode. It's still pretty rare to see a plus-size person hosting a TV show, especially an adventure travel show like this. Without further ado, Jeff Jenkins. Man, I'm excited. Like, uh, seeing the trailer for your show was just like, wow. You know, because first and foremost, you never see bigger guys out there doing this kind of stuff. It's super inspiring for me to be able to see something like that. And I'm sure you're getting feedback on that. I don't know. It's, it's a it's an interesting feeling. It's a really cool feeling, an overwhelming feeling, a exciting feeling. It's like all of these different feelings in one. And you just don't know the magnitude of who is going to reach and how it's going to reach them, how it's going to touch them. Like I've even gotten testimonials now. Like, And I was like, and it's just been a minute long preview that people have seen, you know? So, before we jump into the show, I want to take a step back because there there are two things. So we've we've known each other for a while and we've we've talked and we've done a couple of things together. But one thing that I read today I thought was really awesome is that you didn't actually step foot on a plane until you were 20. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. That was the same for me, but I can tell you that I have not traveled even nearly as that's much as you. Okay, okay. Did you travel a lot before? Like, did you go by car or anything? Or was was it like 20 and then you got the bug? Yeah, so I, I would say I never traveled internationally on a plane until I was 20. We did a lot of road trips uh, when I was in choir and stuff like that. We we would tour around the States. We usually just stayed in like the East Coast because I'm from Florida originally and somewhat the Midwest. And that was about it. Uh, but I've been on a lot of tour buses. Like uh, I think the furthest west I had went was Iowa. And then my first trip was to Japan. Wow. First international trip, first time on an airplane was to, to Japan from Tallahassee, Florida. Whoa. Now, I, I've never been to Japan, but I've heard that you don't see a lot of bigger guys there. At all. And we actually did an episode of the show in Japan. The one thing I would say, though, although they haven't seen or there's not a lot of bigger guys there, uh, there's still a whole nother big guy culture that's actually reverenced in Japan, which is the sumo culture. Mm. The way that they look at sumo wrestlers is not how we looked at them in the States or around the world is they have a reverence of like, like, like they're heroes and uh, they're athletes. Like they're like the LeBron James uh, wow. of their time. So it's even, even so um, that was something I learned even through the show that like, it's, it's different. Like they, the way that they saw bigger people there is totally different from how we saw. Them. So stepping back a little, uh, let's talk about your website about chubby diaries. Now, how did that come about? I was a I was a high school teacher for nine years and I didn't want to do that anymore. I started an NGO building water wells in Rwanda. And while we were out there building these wells, 
because this is the first, like, this is, like, fresh out of, like, coming off from a mission trip, and, and me and my friends came back from that mission trip to Rwanda and was like, man, this community needs water. And so we was like, let's start a water well project. And we went to go build these water windows. <laughs> none of us were engineers. None of us knew how water came out of the ground. <laughs> but the fact that we were able to start it, in a whole nother country that gave me so much energy. And I was, I was flirting around with the idea of just entrepreneurialship. And it was while I was, um, and I, I never tell people this, um, even during that time, I was like reselling books, like Amazon books. So I go to the Goodwill, purchase uh, books for 25 cents and then resell them for whatever the price was on Amazon. And a lot of people buy a lot of used books on Amazon. So it was a really cool business to get into. But when I went back to Rwanda to build that first well, I kept asking myself like, well, I don't really want to sell these books. And like, man, you're you're really killing this. Y'all are doing a really good job. Like y'all took the idea and turned it into something. Like, what do you really want to do? I asked myself, like, if money wasn't an option, if whatever you were to dream up was to actually happen for you, like, what would you do? And don't don't sell yourself short. And that's I and I I I, I know for a fact I haven't said that before uh, on any interview of like selling myself short. Like I remember kept saying like I remember having these moments and it took me three days to like come to this conclusion where it was like I kept asking this question to myself and it was like I kept being like oh I can do this nah that, that's obtainable oh I can do this nah that's not what you really want to do so it was like man I had to break through like all of the stigmas and all the social norms or the societal norms just to come to the conclusion of I wanted to travel around the world help people and get paid to do it and that was such a crazy idea and I was like I don't know anybody doing that you know like I mean there's a couple of people doing it but outside of that that's about it it was at that day when I was in Rwanda that I committed after three days of thinking to myself what do I really want to do that that became pivotal in like what I started now with Chubby Diaries wow that's pretty amazing I know that for me, just like hopping on a plane and dealing with all that, it's a really frustrating experience. And I know that for a lot of people, they just won't take that step. They're not going to get on a plane or whatever. But seeing you doing these things and going places is like, okay, this is inspirational. This is something that if he's doing it, I need to at least try to find out about it and see how to do it. Are there things that you do to make traveling easier? Yeah. Um, well, one research, like I do the research before time. I'm going to be honest. Some people don't want to tackle the challenges of being plus size, you know, uh, and, and, and I don't blame them. Uh, because it's a difficult conversation to have, or you just automatically assume that there's nothing out there for you. And I, I would tell people, man, I do the research. Like, luckily, we're now living in an age where people all have a lot of people, a lot of tourisms, tourism boards, uh, or excursions. They have websites, and recently they've all been putting their size restrictions or weight limits in it. So you know ahead of time if I can do this or if I can't do it, or like, it, it's it's doing that kind of research or when I went to South Africa, I wanted to go do great white shark diving. And one of the requirements is that you have a uh, wetsuit. So I like called trying to reach out to them and stuff like that to be able to talk to them. Nobody picked up. Um, they did say that they had extended sizes. The extended sizes was like 2X. 
Mm. And I was over there like, hey, like these are wetsuits. Like I know these things are form fitting. So a 2X form fitting, uh, that might not be flattering or I'm just pretty sure I'm going to fit it. So I ended up doing like doing my due diligence and ended up just buying my own wetsuit. I didn't even know they can make my size wetsuits, like extended sizes like that. I think I got the 4X or a 5X just because I wanted to make sure I had some room in it, which I still didn't because it's that tight. But I was like, I'm not going to go to South Africa and to go do this, this excursion that I've always wanted to do and be turned around the moment I got there because there's a wetsuit that didn't fit me. So I just brought my own stuff. So that's one way. Like, you just learn the tricks of the trades. Like, you figure out, like, what works, like, on airplanes, like, like flying Southwest. Um, if you have, if you don't have a budget to like sit first class, like Southwest is a great choice because one thing I would say is that like with Southwest, they'll give you an extra seat if you're plus size. Like they'll, is there wow. people plus size policy? If there's an extra space on that, on that uh, airplane, um, they will reserve it for you or they will get you on the next available flight for free. And you get to get on before everybody. Like with Southwest, like it's oh, wow. like first come, first serve, whoever's like in line. That's how it works, kind of thing. And but they let you on before everybody else, uh, so that you can pick your seat. And then you got this, like they usually have like a little like plastic card that you put in the seat next to you so you can have an available uh seat. Or you can do it online and or not online, but call the Southwest personally and they can reimburse you from it online or you call them and they'll reimburse you right then. So it's, it's a really cool thing. I like it a lot. And then just sitting first class, first class feels like regular seats. Like, <laughs> I was like you sit in an airplane seat and it's not regular. Like, um, and then just like, man, following people like us, like people mm-hmm. that are doing it, like that's, that's how I've made myself more comfortable knowing that I've seen somebody else, Joe Blow going out there and doing their activity. Like, man, I never thought I could do that. I can get on a camel. I'm gonna go try riding on this camel, you know? So it's those things. And, um, that's, that's what for the most part has made things comfortable. But I also am the person that's like, really trying to push the boundaries. I'm trying to like explore in ways and put myself like, am I, am I going to embarrass myself today? Like, am I going to isolate myself all for the greater good, all for Mm. my audience, all for the people that follow me, all the other fat, black chubby people out there, you know, like all of us doing it for us. And so, um, yeah, somebody got to do it so that we can come back and tell the story. So I love it. I'm glad that it's you, you know, that you're willing to stand out there and do that. <laughs> I'm not glad it's me all the time. Until you say. <laughs> so I watched the trailer for never say never. And, you know, you're doing things that, that probably most people of any size would, any size, would be afraid yes. to do, yes. you know, just watching some of those things. It, it was like, okay, so he's doing these things, he's getting out there and doing this stuff. And, you know, I know you from, from your site and from everything that you're, getting out and doing, have you always pushed yourself to do things that are outside of your comfort zone? Nope. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. You know, like, like between childhood to 19, before I actually started doing this program, the reason I went to Japan my first time at 20 was because I was doing this program called Camp Adventure. They took college students and you got to work as a camp counselor on military bases across seas. 
And it was while I was doing that program. So the one thing to do said first, because I between that time, I just wanted to be cool. I wanted to be one of the cool kids. Like, that's what I was. I didn't smile at pictures, nothing. Like, that's how crazy. Like, I didn't even know I had a real smile. You know, that's how crazy it was. Because it was like, man, if you smile, like, you're not manly enough or something like that. It was crazy. It was like during that program, the first thing that God told me, he was like, oh, to be able to get to where you want to go, like if you want to go to, like to do this program and go across seas, like I was going to do whatever to get to Japan because my friend went the year before. So I was like that whole time I was like, this woman just went to Japan. She's a, she just finished her freshman year of college. Like I want to go to Japan, you know? And so I was like, I was going to do whatever I had to do. And I remember him in the program. Uh, one of my mentors now, uh, his name's Sammy Span. He was like, you can't be cool to be in this program. Like, cause you're gonna sing and dance and and move around and do with little kids. Like, we don't want cool people in this program. So I was like, dang, I can't be cool. And he didn't say it to me personally. He was saying it to the whole group. But I was like, man. So that automatically started like changing some stuff, my perspective. And he looked like a cool guy, period. But then it was like really cool seeing him just in an element of just like singing and dancing. And then when I got to Japan, this guy named Chris Kasperic, which the whole freaking plot of the show that we have out right now, uh, the whole plot is life begins where my comfort zone ends. And that's the first thing Chris told us and the lesson that he gave us when I first got to Japan. It was like, all right, y'all, y'all are normally, y'all are used to your, your American norms or like being under your parents. Like, welcome. We're in Japan right now. I'm going to have y'all go do a whole full-fledged like scavenger hunt around Yokosuka, Japan. I was like, wait, what was that about, brother? I've, I've never, this, you remember the other day I just said I got on my first plane ride? You want me to go around this city, this massive city by myself and do a scavenger hunt? I was like, oh man, this guy, he's losing it. He wants us to get on the train and go order food. And I was like, bro, I can get lost. None of us got lost. You feel me? None of us got lost. <laughs> we were fine. And that, it was those things that taught me like how to step outside of my comfort zone. And, and that's what, pushed me to start trying new things and, and exploring a lot more. If he, if he didn't teach me that lesson, I would not have went before I ended up graduating college. I went to 14 different countries. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Are there destinations that you'd recommend for first time travelers? You know, yeah. In some ways, like it depends. It depends on like the level of what you're trying to do. Right. Like if you want that full immersive experience, like like you just want to be literally like a fish out of water, uh, Japan is it. And I can tell you right now, people that live in Japan, I have a guy, he mentioned it in the show. We were talking while we were on the show. He was like, dude, Japan is the most developed foreign place I've ever been. Although it's fully developed, it is very foreign. It feels foreign. When you get there, you be like, mm, let me assimilate. Let me <laughs> let me join these lines. Like they have so much culture and tradition, tradition that you literally just have to like, like, because you'll stick out. You'll stick out like a sore thumb and you don't want to do that. Like it's, it's, it's interesting. But 
I would say do Japan, but Costa Rica is such a great place. It's closer than Japan is. There are a lot of people that speak English there. There's a lot of activities for you to do. It's beautiful. They have my favorite animal there, the the two totes law. Yes, <laughs> like they they have it all, you know. And that or uh, like going to like London. Although London is London and everybody mm-hmm. speaks English, it still is European, and that European vibe is amazing. Mexico City, ah. Uh, I love me some Mexico now. Like Mexico wasn't even on my list. Mexico didn't make it to my list until like three, four years ago. Oh, wow. There's places around Mexico that you're just drop dead gorgeous. And I know why so many people, I've heard tons of people tell me Mexico is their favorite country in the world. And and it is. There's so much there to see. So if you're listening to this now, you've got some options for places Mm -hmm. to go. And as a plus size person, South Africa. Really? It, oh, what? There's some big people out there. And it, <laughs> I felt very, I felt very accommodating like nice. while I was doing, while I was there. So what is your favorite place to travel? Do you have a favorite place? I mean, I've, obviously this is the theme of the episode. We call the episode yep. Visit Japan. All right, all right. Visit Japan. <laughs> Visit Japan. Yep. The culture, the traditions, okay. the food is immaculate. Like the way that they bring out food, or if you're in the 7-Eleven, their 7-Elevens aren't our 7-Elevens. Oh. You can go in the 7-Eleven and get a full-fledged meal out of that bad boy, and it's good. <laughs> it's just different, and I, I just love that. Uh, but I do, I love, like, Italy and Spain and Costa Rica. Those are definitely some of my other favorite places. So looking at the show, like I said, you can obviously see in the trailer that you're doing some really intense, uh, huge things. What was the most frightening or hardest thing that you did during the show? So starting with the most frightening, most frightening one was I flipped over while whitewater kayaking. And that was an experience that, I, I mean, that shook me up big time. Like, I mean, it was, it was to a point of like, Will I survive or will I not because of just where I was at, how I was moving? It it was my life vest uh, for some reason, like went over my face. And so as I was pulling it down, water was coming in. So it was just constant, like drowning, which was happening. Uh, Felt like a waterboarding kind of thing. But it was like I was drowning because of the water, like me not being able to catch a breath. And then it was just it was a lot that went on. So that was really that was really scary. It was it was a very scary time. And but then. Another one that was technically frightening as well, but uh, the one that I I thought was the most uh, challenging in a way was me doing the, uh, me rock climbing. Ooh. Like literally up a scale, like up a mountain, scaling a mountain, like with just my hands and my feet. Although I had on uh, safety ropes, which I recommend for anybody first doing it. Yeah, it was, it was, oh man, I was, I wasn't even halfway up and I was like, oh, why did I do this? Yeah, there, yeah. there's a shot in the trailer, I, I, I'm pretty sure. And, and oh, it's it the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're right there and then it shows it and I'm immediately like, no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. you did it, you got right up. But man, it was the proudest thing I ever did. Well, I'm you you have to find out if I actually make it all the way to the top. Yeah. But I was definitely proud of myself for even challenging myself to go up there. So it's the Chubster podcast, and you know, I've got to ask you about clothing because that's part of my job. So when you're traveling, what do you wear if you know you're gonna be on a long flight? Because you need comfort, but you need functionality, right? So yeah. Do you have like a system, you know, you know, you're going to be traveling, you got stuff you're going to wear, you pack a certain way, like 
do you have a whole kind of system set up? I do have a system in some ways, right? Um, but it, it just sucks sometimes when you're, it depends on like one country I go to is cold, the next one's hot. Like it's, it's always that. But man, I always have the hardest time for airplanes and like, what am I going to wear? Depending on like what time of the, the season it is or how long the plane ride is. That's the other thing too, the, the length of the plane ride. Anytime it's like those, I do athleisure when it's like longer flights, mm. anything over like five, six hours, man, I'm, I'm putting on that athleisure wear. And I definitely like a started realizing zip up hoodies were better than just putting on a regular hoodie sometimes because I can take it off on and off when I want to use it as a, a cover if I need to. And then like when it's summertime or I'm going somewhere hot, man, I'm always in some kind of shorts. Like I'd rather do shorts with, with a tee. I don't like to wear a lot of, like jeans and and button down shirts, unless I'll do a button down shirt with with shorts. But I I, I rarely rarely see me button down shorts or even in a suit or anything like that when I get on the plane. I'll go change before I get on that plane. <laughs> right. I'm always on that bad boy. So my my last question: What do you hope that people take away from Never Say Never? You know, um. Mm. I've been getting that question a lot lately, and I, I think I've always stuck with, like, I want people to be inspired in a way. But I, I don't know. I, I want them – I want to spark inspiration. I want to spark something in them to do and go for whatever it is that they never thought they would go for before, that they challenge themselves to do something new, to also how they look at plus-size people. Like, I can't change everybody's mind, but I, I do want people to know that, like, I'm a human. Uh, we are human. And however you may feel about a plus-size person, like, man, we, we're, I'm, we're, breaking the, we're breaking those paradigms. Now, like we're we're showing you that we're walking into a new era. I feel like shame is not the thing, and so I, I really do want people to know that, like, man, we're we're resilient and we're humans. At the end of the day, what I've seen of this, it's inspiring. I think you getting out there and doing that, like I said, it's seeing a bigger guy that's out there and doing this stuff and living his best life. That's the thing that you want to try to get across to everybody. So thank you for doing this. And man, thanks so much for just taking the time. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you once again for having me on. Uh, I I never forget that conversation you said um, from before, uh, because I I, I think even when we did that interview before, it was I knew I was going to do a TV show. I didn't know which one I was going to do, but I knew it was going to happen. And I remember you saying that. I want to be the Anthony Bourdain, the big Anthony Bourdain. And I was like, Hey, let's go for it. You know? Yeah. Uh, So like, I can't wait to see you um, with your own like TV series and everything that you're doing right now. Uh, What's the name of the the new series that you have behind the brand? Yeah. Yeah, Behind the brand. Like it's just, I mean, you're made for TV. Like I I see it now (laughs) and and I I really have enjoyed it. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see all the stuff that you're doing. Like, man, we really are, changing a culture we're changing and revolutionizing uh, a marginalized group of people and giving them a voice and i and i I appreciate you that i can walk alongside you thanks man i I, that that means a lot really Mm. thanks so much of course man thanks for listening to the first episode of life in your size we'd greatly appreciate it if you could rate and review five stars on apple podcasts or spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts 
We'll be back next week with a brand new episode.